grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. It is a privilege and joy to be with you here in worship today. It is a privilege and joy to have the blessing of an incredible organ that has pipes that sometimes get stuck. That's just the way it is. There we go. You thought it was your hearing aids? I thought it was my hearing aids. It's going away. God bless you, Susie. Friends, there are all kinds of joyful noises that we make to the Lord. The Lord loves to hear our voices as we raise them in song and in prayer. So let us join together now as in one voice we read responsively from the 67th Psalm and our call to worship. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. May God continue to bless us. Let all the ends of the earth revere Him. Even when we know Jesus as our Savior, even when we are aware of the joy and love and purpose that walking in His footsteps bring us, we are reminded in confession 
that we sometimes produce sour and rotting fruit. We are a forgiven people, and in confession, we are reminded that we can let go of this rotting fruit and sit at the abundant table of God's love. Let's go to God in confession. Awesome and renewing God, you call us to follow you, and each day you fill us with the power of your spirit. We are given your courage and yet act with caution and timidity. We know your intentions for justice, yet too often keep silent or yield the complexity of issues and do nothing. We are overwhelmed with your love, yet are hesitant to mention your name to another. We have been forgiven much, yet we harbor old resentments, hold on to past hurts, and turn away from reconciliation. Forgive us, Lord, for we have sinned. Set our faces to your forgiveness and our hands to your work, that we might be your light to the world. In the assurance of your mercy, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The psalmist reminds us that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. They are new, brand new, every morning. Great is God's love and faithfulness. Friends, believe the good news. We are loved, we are cherished, and in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Now, friends, may the peace of Christ be with you. As you wait to greet one another, we invite our children, fifth grade and younger, to meet their Sunday school leaders at the back. Youth, sixth grade and older, are already gathering in the youth room. Let's greet one another. You can come up on the step. Yeah, come up on the step. Great. So I needed a little emotional support today in order to give the announcement. So a few of my friends have joined me here. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. We are moving into an extremely busy season of church life, so I have several things to mention because we don't want you to miss out on some great ministry and fellowship opportunities. Let me remind you that this afternoon at 2 o'clock, we're going to have a Wild Irish Rose concert. It's a free concert, but would encourage your giving to help support the choir's tour in Ireland next year. One of the things the choir is doing is inviting you to come along on the tour, and you don't even have to sing. So if you'd like to come on the tour with us, please contact Juan or Twyla or me, and we'll tell you all about that. But be sure to come to the concert this afternoon. It's going to be a great, fun time. 
Next Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent, and we will kick off the season with a four o'clock gathering called the Village Christmas Festival. We'll have singing, food, crafts, games, a great way for the whole family to gather. There are some business cards out on the tables for you to take to remind you to come and that you can also give to others to invite them to come. On Saturday, December 3rd, we'll have our traditional breakfast in Bethlehem. It starts at 9 o'clock. It's a great experience for families, children of all ages, but we do need your RSVPs so that we know that you're coming. On Sunday, December 11th, we'll have a joy and light Christmas concert with our Rancho Santa Fe Village Church Christmas Chorale and some instruments and lots of phenomenal Christmas music. That's a great event to invite all of your neighbors to attend, especially those who really need to meet Jesus. I'll let you decide who they are. <laughs> Sunday, December 4th, we will have one service at 10 o'clock. Jan Farley will preach, and afterwards we'll have a luncheon to celebrate her ministry among us as she moves into retirement. We also need your RSVPs for that event, so let us know that you're planning to come. We need your pledge cards. We need to be able to plan for our ministries next year. So if you've not yet gotten your pledge card back in, get that into us as soon as you can, please. And now, Jan Farley is going to talk about the Alternative Christmas Market. Alternative Christmas Market, we have it every single year. You could do your Christmas shopping because, let's be honest, if you need something, you go buy it. Your children have more than enough. So give to those who need. I want to tell you a little bit about each of these people. This is John Wilson. We go with John down to Mexico to build homes so that children do not have to be in orphanages. So we help build family homes. Next to him is Philip with his kids, Cecil and Jack, and they are with Care House. They minister to many of the kids who are homeless or living out of cars in the very south part of San Diego. So he's here representing that. We have Raul Palomino. Many of you know him from um, New Day, which was also, many of you know, Presbyterian Urban Ministry. It's now called New Day. So lots of times people come into town, they don't have a job yet, they don't have the clothes for it, they don't have a bus pass to get around, they don't even have some of them their birth certificates. They all help them get that together so they can go out and be productive. Mitchell Snow, who this, God bless him, last time I soared right by him, he is with our Interfaith Community Services, our Homeless Veterans Initiative. Many of you are familiar with that. Go out and meet him. Right next to him is Vicki Stone. Vicki is one of our deacons. She will be at the deacon table if you need to know more about what our deacons do. She's a great person to meet. We have, Glenna, where's the rest of your crowd? Are you the only one? You don't know. This is Glenna. This is Glenna. <laughs> Spiderman, she is up at Grace Vista Presbyterian Church. Again, they provide food. They provide education. They um, help in many, many ways. They're one of our Presbyterian Church, as I say, up in Vista. So we're delighted to have them. Yosam, am I saying it correctly? Good. Yosam is from Uganda. He is a scholar leader. He is at Fuller Theological Seminary studying a PhD. His wife already has a degree from there. We found out between my husband and Yosam and his wife... Fuller is rich, let me tell you. <laughs> and with him is Cheyenne. Cheyenne is a staff member with um, <clears throat> Scholar Leaders. So we help these uh, students who live in um, all over what we call um, the majority world get their education, go back as leaders and pastors, and help transform the world for Jesus Christ. So come and meet them. We have Amber Key and her husband James, they are with Hope Unlimited. Hope has been our longest served mission through us. They are in Brazil. They help mortally at-risk children. So these are children who get killed on the streets. Hope Unlimited comes in. They give them education. They give them tools, and they help them soar. So please meet them. Krista is um, in the back here, and she is with our Solutions for Change, so all those cute little Christmas gifts you get to shop for. She's the woman out there, and look for the Christmas tree. Someone walked right by and goes, where is it? And I'm like, Christmas tree. So meet her. Scott Rubin is a child of this church. He's gotten a little older, but he grew up here and was called into ministry. He works with Young Life in North County, North Coastal County. So please get to know Scott a little bit better and what Young Life is doing. This is Elder Peter. He is from the Sudanese Presbyterian Church. Many, many Sudanese who became refugees here were Christians. And the Sudanese church started to minister to them, to um, help them assimilate into the community, but to have a worshiping community too. So Elder Peter, welcome. 
we have in the back, Catherine and um, Eden, who are both from Plant With Purpose. You all know because I push it so much, but Plant With Purpose does uh, reforestation. They don't just plant trees now. They have literally created forests. And we just were able to see that down in Oaxaca. They're out there. They have goods that you could also buy. Nate, where's Tyler? Is he not here? Okay. Uh, Nate Landis, many of you know him because he's our fierce proclaimer of the word when he comes and preaches with us. He does Urban Youth Collaborative. The best thing that I could tell you about that is that they have high school students leading Bible studies, praying, because Nate Landis had a vision that we need to go where the students are. And so how many in San Diego, 75? 80 churches, 80 schools? 80 schools he's in, so there you go. This is John Savage, he's down with Ladle Fellowship, so our youth go down there once a month to help serve the whole homeless down there. It's associated with the First Presbyterian Church. Come and, and chat with uh, John, please. In the back we have Barbara, and your husband's still outside maybe. So in the first service they got to meet her husband, Gary, but Barbara and Gary are part of a um, organization called A Heart for Children there in Bali, and uh, a lot of the orphans there, and so they take care of them, they educate them, they feed them, and they have a wonderful, wonderful ministry along with um, folks who are from Bali who work with them. And then Anne is helping her out today, so you can also chat with Anne. Jose is with um, Vallejo, is with Urban Life. Urban Life is another organization that goes into public schools, and they work with um, students who are athletes. They also um, help with academics and both Nate Landis and Jose, you see a transformation, not just in the kids' heart as they know Jesus, but in their academic work, because people have invested in their lives. So please go out and meet Jose. In the back, Michelle LeBeau, many of you know her from San Diego Rescue Mission. Uh, we are very, very engaged with them. We help in many, many ways. And they are, again, about transforming lives. Homeless people come in, they stay there, they even have a ministry to mothers and children. And uh, helping, they have a preschool there so moms can get education, get a job, and get out into the world again. And then we, ha this is so fun, I'm going to do it even though it's second service and it's very conservative. I have always said Ray's um, Heinen name incorrectly. And he finally said Jan, Heineken. I go, oh, I got it. So this is Ray Heinen. So there you go. He is with SAT7. SAT7 is an organization that uh, has a program, televised program, all over the Middle East. And so you see the disc, if you ever have gone there or see pictures, they are picking up Christian um, public broadcasting and learning about Jesus. And it's just a phenomenal organization, so please meet him. And then, of course, you know these guys, they normally are dressed a little bit differently, but Lori and Keith Edwards, they are with um, Alma Barnett Children's Center. Many of you have um, supported their orphanage down there, or their schools and orphanage down there, and also through Walendwa, which is a nonprofit that we have here that helps support that. These folks love Jesus. Did I skip anyone? I did, how do I do this? Oh, the Leaguers, because they're so tall. I said, stand in the back. <laughs> Brad and Lisa Leaguer, they are with Studio. Thank you so much. They are with Studio, and Studio trains young, um, young mission workers to know how to bring the gospel to Muslims that come to our countries and also go to uh, other countries where predominantly Muslims live just to bring them the good news of Jesus Christ. So they have, they kind of train the leaders of leaders. So they're here in San Diego, go out and speak with them also and forgive me. I always forget somebody, all right. These folks are worth seeing. So after, and all the donuts, by the way, and the coffees out there, go and do your Christmas shopping and make a difference, not only for your families who'll know that something good is happening, but in the lives of the people whom they serve. I'm done, Jackie. <laughs> Our congregation is indeed blessed to have so many wonderful, faithful, effective partners in mission, these that you have met, many others who are around the world. It is because of the blessing of their being with us that we think about our own blessings in life, an abundance beyond what we need. It is out of that sense of the abundance of God's love for us and our desire to be part of what God is doing in the world to bless others 
that we every Sunday have an opportunity to offer to God our tithes and our offerings. And so now as you listen to a gorgeous piece of music that celebrates the Lord, we invite you as you are so led to come forward to the offering baskets and present to God your tithes and offerings.
Thank you. Please be seated. I believe that we are all very, very grateful that we are able to come together, whether it is online or in person, and spend some time talking with God. I will lead us through a pastoral prayer, and then together we will say the Lord's Prayer. Let us come before God's good grace and pour out our heart to him. Let us pray. God of mercy, merciful and gracious God, we give thanks for who you are. We give thanks to you, Lord God, who created us, who redeems us, who sustains us by the power, Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord God, that you have called us to be your people, that you have called us into relationship with you, and we give you thanks and praise. On this Sunday before Thanksgiving, when our nation pauses to give thanks and oftentimes loses sight of all the blessings that you have given that we do not deserve, Lord God, but that you have poured out upon us. Let us pause in the midst of our making meals and gathering people, let us pause together and say, thank you, Lord, that no, where, no matter where we are, your presence is known, whether we are in America celebrating Thanksgiving or in Uganda or in Brazil or in Kenya or in India or any place on this planet, Lord God, you are there and much to be praised. We thank you, Lord God, for time that we get to spend every year with Alternative Christmas Market, and I thank you for our mission partners, for the way in which they love you and the, and the way in which they serve you. As you have been abundant to us, and in this week of blessing, may we also bless them in all that we do, in conversations with them and in supporting their ministries. Lord, when we look to our church, we also see many, many needs. Those who are ill and that need a healing hand, we ask that you're presence would be felt by them, and that indeed your healing hand would be upon them. We pray, Lord God, for those who are grieving. Our church has lost so many good saints, and we are grateful, Lord God, that they are in your kingdom triumphant, but our heart aches at moments just to see them, to touch them, to speak with them. May the comfort of your Holy Spirit and the comfort of your community here fill their hearts with the assurance and peace that comes through Jesus Christ. Bless your word today as Pastor Jack preaches. May the hearing of the word proclaim, go straight to our hearts, Lord God, and move us into action for your sake. We ask all these things in the power of your Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
And now a reading from the Gospel according to John. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. And now a reading from the letter to the Galatians. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh, or these are opposed each to the other, to prevent you from doing what you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. We have been talking about rocks here since the second Sunday in September. I hope some of you at least remember why. We have been remembering Jesus' little illustration that he shared at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. As he concluded, as he summarized this most profound description of our lives and God's truth as it applies to our lives, he said that those who listen to my word and those who do my word are like wise people who build their homes on rock. The choir sang about rock just a moment ago. A passage speaking to us about a time when Jesus and the disciples were discussing what everybody else was thinking about Jesus. And he asked them, what are they saying about me? And Peter piped up and said, they're saying all kinds of things about you, but I say about you that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church. The rock is Jesus. The rock is the fact that Jesus is the Christ of God. The rock is Jesus' word. Not just the words he spoke, but the word that he lived out in the example of his life. The rock is the one whom we proclaim as our Savior. And so, since that second Sunday in September, we've been thinking about what it means, what it's like, what we do, what happens when we build our lives on the one thing that is the true foundation, Jesus Christ, the foundation not just of the church, 
Jesus Christ, the foundation of life as God means for all of life to be. Through the course of the fall, we've talked about some different aspects or different dynamics of that life that is built on the rock of Christ. We've talked about the fact that many of us build our lives on sand. In fact, all of us are tempted to build our lives on sand. And that's the other half of that little parable that Jesus told. He said, wise people build their, their, their houses on rock. Foolish people build their houses on sand. Wise people build their lives on the rock of, of the Savior. Foolish people do something else. And of course, we all do that to an extent. It's part of the business of living the Christian life, is learning to build more and more on the rock and less and less on the sand. And so we have to be honest with God. We have to confess to God. We have to seek God's forgiveness and then God's renewal as we continue to learn to build on rock. Of course, we have to trust that Jesus is the rock. We have to trust that Jesus is who He says He is, who the church says He is. And we have the option to trust something else if we want. Lots of luck with that. We trust partly not just because of who Jesus is, but because of who we believe God is. And yes, I know Jesus and God are one and the same, but let's remember that God is a good God. God wants the best for us. God has expressed the best for us in Jesus. And then we got a little bit more practical. I'm always interested in practical things. How do you build a life on the rock of Jesus Christ? One of the ways that we do that is by imitating Jesus, learning from Jesus about how he lived his life. And a lot of what Jesus did was not just walk around and preach and teach. A lot of what Jesus did was study the Scriptures. A lot of what Jesus did was to go to the synagogue where He could gather with other people who were also trying to build their lives on the rock of God's Word. A lot of what Jesus did was pray. Jesus did all kinds of things that put Him in the place where He could continue to be in a relationship with God as His Father, and we are called to do those same things. We're doing it right now. We talked about the power for doing all of that. Where does the power come from? Where does the inspiration come from? Because sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we get lost. Sometimes we get confused or afraid or discouraged. Well, the power to build a life on rock comes from the presence of the Spirit, which is, of course, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God. One of the indispensable facets or dynamics of a life that is built on rock is that we do not build alone. There is absolutely nothing in the Scriptures that says that you and I can have a life of faith in God and a life of successfully following Jesus all by ourselves. We do it with a community of people. That's what the church is meant to be. And eventually, We've also noted that we have to do real work, real work. We don't just sit back and say, I believe that Jesus is a great rock. He's my rock. It's not just about believing in your mind and heart. It's about doing with your actions. We have to do real work. We do real work when we come to God in study and in prayer and in worship and in fellowship and all of those things. And then we do real work when we go out and, and live like Jesus lived. There are no substitutes. There are no shortcuts in all of this. Following Jesus, which is what being Christian is, following Jesus requires that we actually have a relationship with Jesus. And to have a relationship with Jesus, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. That's really profound when you think about it. What is a relationship all about? If you love someone, you spend energy to love them, you spend your time with them, you want to be with them, that's what a relationship is. That's why God came to us in the form of a human being, as a human being, so that we could understand what a relationship with God is all about. 
So to have a relationship with Jesus doesn't mean you just decide at some point in life that you're Christian and then go merrily on your way and never give Jesus the time of day again. It means that you actually have a relationship, a daily, hourly, weekly, yearly, monthly, day in and day out relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I suspect that there are some folks in worship today who are with us for the first time this fall. That's fine. You've just heard the entire sermon series summarized. I thought about asking someone here to stand up and summarize it for us, but I'm not cruel usually. One last thing. Today is the end of the series. We'll stop talking about rocks for a while. But one last thing that I want to ask for us, and that is what do we get when we build on the rock of Jesus Christ? What's the result? What happens? Here's the answer. We start becoming like Jesus. We start becoming like Jesus. We have a heart that begins to get in sync with Jesus' heart. We have a mind that begins to think like Jesus thought. We have a will that begins to will what Jesus willed. And we have lives that produce what Jesus produced. We do what Jesus did. That's not my idea. That's Jesus' idea. In that important conversation that Jesus had with the disciples not long before he physically left their presence, he said to them that the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and, in fact, will do greater works than these. Take that into your heart for a moment. The one who believes in me, like you and me, will also do the works that I do and, in fact, will do greater things. The result of building on the rock is the transformation of our hearts and our minds that results in the manifestation of actual things that we do that are just like what Jesus did as Jesus loved and renewed the world. We've been focused on rock, and I'd like to know how many of you still have the original rock that we handed out. Great. You guys didn't get a rock, but we have some more. Take a rock. Take a rock. It's our free gift to you. (laughs) That rock reminds us that we're building on rock. We gave you another rock a few weeks later. This rock is just a rock, but it has a cross on it to remind us that we build not just on any rock, we build on the rock who is Jesus Christ. And today I want to share with you a third rock. There's the picture on the screens. I'll tell you right now, don't get your hopes up. We don't have enough of these rocks to go around. In fact, these rocks are quite rare. There are only a few places in the world, I have read, where you can find these rocks simply lying on the ground. These rocks are called starlight fairy crosses. I don't like the name so much. This isn't about fairies. (laughs) This is about the fact that God took iron and aluminum and silicate and he fashioned the creation such that these crystals are formed 
And these crystals are formed in the shape of a cross. I have three of them right here with me. They're usually not very big. That's why we wanted the picture on the screen. So you could see these crosses that God provides for us from out of His creation. Now, this particular kind of starlight, there are several kinds. This particular kind is in the form of a Maltese cross, which is the rarest kind there is. If you'd like to see one of these stones after worship, just come up and talk to me. And for a large donation to the church, I'll let you see them. (laughs) What's the point? What's the point? The point is, if God can take some rock and form it into the shape of a cross, cannot God also take you and reform you, reshape you, renew you, revive you, and transform you into the kind of person that He meant for you to be from the very beginning, the kind of person who does the kinds of things that Jesus did, because that's who Jesus was. Yes, Jesus was God. Jesus was also human, human as human beings are meant to be. As we build our lives on Jesus, we actually are building on the rock of who He is so that we can become rocks for the rest of the world. We're all meant to be rock stars, people who are providing a solid foundation upon which the world can live, people who are reliable, people who are trustworthy, people who are filled so much with the spirit of the living Christ that we start to do what He did too. What does a life look like that is built on the rock of Christ? What is the manifestation of belief and trust and love for God? It's very simple. I'll give you two simple scriptural summaries of it. One that Paul wrote to the Galatians. Jesus was having his conversation with the disciples as he was getting ready to leave, and he said to them, I'm going to come to be with you in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And then Paul goes on to say, the fruit of the Spirit, the presence of the Spirit, the presence of Jesus Christ, the real Jesus in a real life, produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that's only the beginning of the list. There are other places where Paul writes lists. You could go on and on with that list. A list that manifests righteousness, holiness, the life that God means us to have, the people that God means us to be. My other favorite list of what happens when someone is living life as God means for it to be, and as Jesus said it could be for us, is a life, in the words of Micah, that is involved with doing justice and loving mercy and walking humbly with God. Now, I know that that some people think that Jesus really wasn't serious when He said that we could do what He did. And I know that when we think about doing what Jesus did, our minds go immediately to walking on water. It'd come in handy sometimes. Or maybe our minds go towards taking a leftover Happy Meal and feeding thousands of people with it. That would be handy sometimes too. It also would be very impressive to people. But that's not what people who follow Jesus do, really. What we do is do the things that Jesus did. We reach out to a hurting world, and we love it. We renew it. We serve it. Yes, we do feed people. Yes, we do heal people. Yes, we do everything that we can to remake the structures of the world and the societies of the world into societies that produce 
the kind of beautiful society that existed in the garden and that will exist again in heaven, we start to do heaven right here, right now. And Jesus thought we could do it. He believed we could do it. He was serious when he said that those who love me will do the works that I do and do even greater works. Why greater works? Well, because Jesus was just one guy walking around, and now there are billions of people like Jesus walking around that are meant to do what Jesus did in order to renew and heal the world. That's what happens when we build our lives on rock. Pray with me. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Amen. As you are able, will you please stand with me for the affirmation of faith? As we say together the reading from Colossians 1. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross.
It's a good thing that today we are blessed with the opportunity to meet and visit with and learn from a whole lot of folks who are involved in doing what Jesus did. Go out and visit with them. Learn from them. Pray for them. And then get involved in what they are doing. It's also a great thing that we're coming up on Thanksgiving. When you sit down over your turkey and dressing and cranberry sauce and pumpkin pie and pecan pie, and I'm getting hungry as I speak. (laughs) When you give thanks to God, give thanks to God for the simple fact that God loves you and He loves you so much that he is about the business of remaking you into who he made you to be from the beginning. Give thanks to God, not just for what God has given to you, but give thanks to God for the harvest of righteousness that will come from your life as you follow Jesus. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Amen. Thank you.